You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is March 31st, and on Saturday, Atlanta United will travel to Audi Field to take on DC United. TV broadcast on Bally Sports South will start at 7.30. Kickoff is 7.38. Atlanta United is coming off a 3-3 draw with Montreal. It is 2-1-1 this season. This will be its second road game. Uh, its first, of course, was a forgettable 3-0 loss at Colorado, which probably was worse uh, result than the team played. But a loss is a loss, and that's how it goes. Your referee on Saturday is Armando Villarreal. Assistants are Ryan Graves and Brooke Mayo. Fourth official is Guido Gonzalez Jr. Your VAR is Yunus Marachi. Need to say congratulations to the U.S. men's national team for qualifying for the World Cup in Qatar later this year. Hard fart journey. Uh, it was helped by, you know, some Atlanta United presence in the in the lineup in the roster, notably Miles Robinson at center back, who started the last three games in this qualification cycle. And most of the ones before that, I think he only missed one game, maybe two. So congratulations to Miles. Congratulations to the U.S. Looking forward to watching that tournament later this year. The pot draw, which is when the teams will find out what groups they're going to be in, is tomorrow. So I'm sure it'll be all over social media which is where you can find me at Doug Robertson at AJC on Twitter, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and on Instagram at Douglas David Robertson. I didn't have a show last week. I was out of town, uh, kind of dealing with a family issue. So I appreciate your patience in um, coming back to the podcast. We're going to have a mailbag. We're going to have a, a five-minute interview with Atlanta United's newest homegrown Noah Cobb. And we're going to hear from a few players. Uh, first, we're going to hear from Gonzalo Pineda talking about how Atlanta United will handle DC's press. Well, first of all, again, trying to be good with the ball. I think that's the key for us. If we're good with the ball, we don't give them a lot of chances to be direct, to be uh, on the front foot. So we have to be good on the ball, brave on the ball, trying to uh, put all of our concentration on, on connecting my passes, on passing on the right foot, passing on the right pace, uh, play and move, uh, creating rotations, attacking the spaces that we want to attack. And uh, I think that's the way. Obviously, we understand that they, they really like to be direct. They don't want a lot of possession. They want to be direct. Two, three passes, they go long, and then they come for the second ball, and then they are very good at attacking the back line. So obviously, we train how to try to cover that, and hopefully that can work. Now, of course, doing those things 
requires skillful players. And Atlanta United has a few skillful players. It should have everyone back out on national team duty, including Joseph Martinez and Ronald Hernandez, who are with Venezuela and its unsuccessful World Cup qualifying cycle. Miles Robinson, Caleb Wiley, Tyler Wolf, who are with the U.S. Under-20s in Argentina. But the biggest question, the biggest conundrum, I think, that Pineda faces right now is where to play Marcelino Moreno and Diego Almada. Almada, of course, had that fantastic goal to cut Montreal's lead to 3-2 last week before Brooks Lennon hit his free kick to tie the game in the final seconds. I think that Moreno is better as an attacking midfielder than a winger. He played on the wing last week. Here's Gonzalo Pineda talking about Moreno's position. We, we as coaches, we are stubborn and we don't learn from mistakes or whatever. I still think that he can be very, very good on the flank. He's very good dribbler. He's very creative in there. So it's nothing like, uh, for me, positions and saying he's a winger, he's a attacking midfielder. It's just the initial setup and maybe more for defending purposes. But once we are in possession of the ball, I want... Uh, a lot of uh, uh, rotations. So when I say yes, starting on the wing, yes, but coming inside in the pocket and then allowing uh, Andrew Goodman to be the winger, actually, in terms of positioning. So uh, for me, it's a work in progress where we have to still see where he fits better, if Thiago is on the, in the team, if, if Jake Moran is in the team, if Tyler Wolf is in the team, how is, uh, which is the best combination for him and for the others. So that's what we see in the training sessions, and we will see. Uh, maybe I change him. Uh, I, I have to see where he can be more valuable for the team. I agree with Pineda, not that my agreement means anything, that Moreno is a good dribbler. My issue is he tries to take on too many people one-on-one, and he simply doesn't have the speed to get away. They catch him. You saw it a lot in the last game. So it's an interesting conundrum for Gonzalo Pineda. I'm sure he'll get it solved. It's better to have that kind of a conundrum than not to have it, I assume. So as y'all know, in its most recent game against Montreal, Atlanta United took a 1-0 lead, then gave up three goals, then rallied to tie 3-3. A very exciting final few minutes that again made me had to rewrite the story twice which happened a lot last year. has already happened a couple of times this year. That's just a little first world problem I've got going on. But we asked Santiago Sosa about the team's confidence after being able to earn that draw. Yeah, I think it helped the confidence of the group because, you know, we were playing down a player and, and down two goals at the time and, and not dominating the game. So for us to be able to come back, I think it gave us a, a, positive, um, a, a positive mental boost. And now you heard Pineda before talking about Andrew Gutman. Uh, being the winger down that side, which means he's likely going to be facing former Atlanta United player Julian Gressel. And here's his thoughts on that matchup. Yeah, I've played against him a couple times. Uh, you know, he's a great player in the league. Um, you know, he's a difference maker with his crosses and everything. Um, so for me, I'm just going to try to, you know, not let him get any crosses um, and also make him work defensively, you know, because I think I can beat him with my pace and get him behind and hopefully create some chances of my own. Now, Gressel doesn't have a goal or an assist this year, but he does have six key passes, which leads D.C. United. Uh, So watch for that matchup. It's going to be a good one. Uh, When we come back from this break, you're going to hear from Noah Cobb, Atlanta United's newest homegrown player. He he signed with Atlanta United 2. He's already had four appearances for that team, and his homegrown contract will go into effect January of next year. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, before you hear from Noah, I want to remind you that the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC, which includes the Sunday paper, for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. Someone was kind enough last week to post a photo of it and to thank me and the paper uh, for the scarf, and I really appreciate that. That was that went above and beyond. So please take advantage of it. It's, it's a fantastic deal. And now here is Noah Cobb. We have a special guest on today's podcast, Noah Cobb, Atlanta United's newest homegrown signing. His contract will go effective in January of next year. It's a similar path as George Bellow, for example, a few years ago when he was introduced as a homegrown and then the contract went into effect the next year. Noah, I'm curious, what is your first soccer memory? I think my first soccer memory, um, was playing at the North River Y uh, in Chattanooga. Me and my best friend, um, we would play there, and then we got put on different teams, and we were we were so upset. But every time we went against each other, it was just a battle. And 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 I think that I think that's what really grew my love for the game was just that battle with, with uh, my best friend. So I would say that. And you won, right? Oh, of course, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say I think if I if I'm not mistaken, his team was better than mine. But I would always try to get the better of him. So were you a multi-sport athlete growing up, or was it only soccer? So I was a multi-sport athlete. Um, I played soccer and basketball. I played basketball for eight, nine years. Um, I stopped when I came down here in the U4, uh, as an under-14. So, yeah, I was – because both of my parents played basketball. Okay. So that's what kind of got me into that. When did you start to anticipate or realize, I have an, an aptitude for soccer? Um, ever since I was young, I knew I absolutely loved it. Uh, I loved, as a kid, putting on my cleats, putting on my uniform. Um, but I would say I realized that I might, that there might be something here. I would say when I was probably 12, 13 years old, I, I felt like I was progressing. I felt like my love for the game was growing. So I think at that age is when I realized, let's, let's put everything into this. Now, you worked as a midfielder, but now you're more of a center back. Which player do you kind of model yourself after? Um, I would say a player I like to watch a lot is Marquinhos uh, for PSG. Um, we're both not the biggest, um, so I can see what he does tips and tricks-wise. To um, Even though he's a little bit maybe undersized, I don't know if that's the right word, but how he can leverage himself to play against bigger opponents. Now you're 16 years old. Do you have a driver's license yet? I do have a driver's <laughs> license. Um, I got I got my permit as soon as I turned 15. And then my license as soon as I turned 16. It's a Tennessee license, though. So. Oh, okay. Tennessee license. Um, so your contract goes into effect next year. What's going to be your first purchase? Is it going to be a car? What, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, I think I think my – I actually have no idea. I haven't even thought about this, to be honest. Um, my first purchase, to be honest, it might just be like a, like a pair of, like, shoes. Who knows what kind. There just shoes that I can wear around, do whatever in. Um, maybe – I have no idea. I might buy me a pair of basketball shoes okay. just, just so I can, <laughs> when I go back to Tennessee every once in a while, go to the YMCA, kick around a little bit, there you have go. fun with my friends, yeah. 
Now, Atlanta United is starting to have more and more success producing uh, first-team players uh, from the academy, from the homegrowns. What have you learned from George Campbell and Tyler and Jackson and some of those guys? I've learned that if you like keeping your head down, working is the most important thing. It's not. It's not one of those things that you're going to come up here immediately, start immediately, get everything you want. You have to. You have to work for it. And I think there's beauty in the process. And I think that process is what builds you as a player, earns people's respect. And I think that's the biggest thing. Would you describe yourself as patient? I would. Yeah, I, I'm a patient person. Um, maybe not in some aspects of life, <laughs> right. but I think when it comes to soccer, I think I can. I'm pretty patient. And then we, you were talking to us before about your goals. Uh, just tell everyone, what is your goals for this season and what are you looking at kind of down the road? Uh, my goals for this season with the twos is definitely to make the playoffs. That's number one in my mind. Um, I'm sure it's number one in the team's mind as well. Um, and then individually, it's using uh, the USL as a learning environment and really seeing how much I can apply my knowledge from first team training, even USL training, into the games to prepare myself for next year. Um, and then down the road, it's obviously to um, get in the first team, play minutes, um, become a starter, and become become a piece of the team. Um, and then even after that, it's it's to play in the biggest games there are, um, World Cups, Champions League. So that's that's the that's the end goal. From the minutes you're going to get this season, is there one specific area or a couple of specific areas you really hope to improve? Uh, yeah, I think I think definitely um, in the air, mm-hmm. um, aerial battles because I am undersized. Um, I think. I think if I can learn how to do that, it can really, um, it can really help me make up for it a little bit. Um, I kind of have the speed aspect down, but I think next is the aerial battles, even like the dirty side of the game, tactical fouls, um, and then and then leadership. I think leadership is a big thing. Talking to the guys in front of me, talking to the guys next to me, seeing how much I can boss them around um, to to try to apply that up here next year. All right, I appreciate it. Noah. Thank you very much, and congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Well, I was very impressed by Noah. Uh, to be 16 years old, he spoke uh, with a maturity that you don't often see. Uh, we were kind of joking about this, that a lot of the younger players are very well spoken. They give great quotes. They, they give great insight. And then I think the coaches get mad at him and kind of beat that instinct out of him. And then you start to get the uh, more vanilla milk toast type stuff for the next few years until they get their confidence back talking uh, to journalists. Congratulations to Noah Cobb and his family. Well-deserved. He looked very, very good in the preseason. I thought, especially the trips against Mexico, Pineda talked about how good he looked, he thought, in the games uh, in Mexico today. I want to thank Atlanta United for sending me audio from today. I was not able to get up there because of that same family situation that I was dealing with last week and, and will be dealing with for a while. So thanks to Atlanta United and thanks to Joe and Sam and those guys for asking a few questions that I needed to get asked. Okay, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Let's go into the mailbag. We've only got a few questions this week, uh, but let's get into them. Mark says, hey, Doug, with all the international call-ups, what kind of player availability do you think we will have for Saturday? Do you expect Cisneros to be available? And what should we expect out of him? I did not see him at training the other day. I'm not sure he's in country yet. I think he's probably still working on his visa, similar to what Almeida was going through. I don't know if the process will be as long. I think you'll see a full-strength 11 on Saturday with Robinson playing on Wednesday. He'll get a regen day today, probably a regen day tomorrow, and then he can step into the starting lineup. But if he doesn't, Alan Franco is healthy after his minor injury he suffered against Montreal. George Campbell has played very well. The team should be okay. And, and frankly, I don't think Miles has played particularly great this season so far. I don't know if it's fatigue from being in the U.S. camp earlier than expected or what. Um, 
So maybe he just needs a, a break this weekend, and you'll see George and Allen and see what happens. As for the rest of the availability, the only players who are out definitely are Luis Araujo, and Pineda said he is recovering. It's just a timeline. They don't want to risk pushing him too much because he's such an explosive player. They don't want to re-risk an injury to that hamstring. Machop Chol, Emerson Heinemann, and there's one other who's out, but I can't remember. Questionable is Franco Abara uh, with his leg. He did train a little bit this week, um, and we'll just have to see what he does. Jim says, back in February of this year, Atlanta United traded one of its international slots away to Miami for 200000 in general allocation money, and this month a number of players have received their green cards. Now with Ronaldo Cisneros loan occupying another international slot, can he provide a status update on Atlanta United's international slots? Okay, so the team has six slots occupied, including Cisneros, so they should have a couple more available. And then Jim continues, can you confirm that we can reuse this international slot if we don't purchase or extend Ronaldo's loan? Slots are tradable. You get a certain amount each year, you could trade them away, and then they replenish in full season increments. So some clubs may have more than eight. Some clubs may have fewer than eight. I wouldn't worry about Atlanta United and international slots. I assume it's probably also working on green cards for guys like Alan Franco and, and some of the others who are occupying slots right now, maybe in Moreno. So we'll see what happens. And then our last question, and we're going to wrap up the uh, podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Adam says, with the qualifying done, any feedback from MLS coaches about the impact of having three matches played in most international windows instead of two? Early reports suggest that aspirations for the next MLS media rights deal may not be realized. So this is the second question. How well have the teams and owners planned for this contingency, and does it mean there may be a chance of dropping the League's Cup competition? And that's that last one in vain. <laughs> I haven't heard any of the coaches complain. Very few of the players in MLS were used in all three games, so I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, maybe for some of the European guys, because they had to fly over, and then they're going to have to fly back after they played three games and go right back into their club season, so that may be a bigger deal, but I haven't really seen anything about that. I think they're mostly used to it by now, and their squads are much deeper than MLS squads, so they can overcome that kind of a thing. As for the MLS media rights deal, I've seen those same reports you have. I think they're presumptive right now. I don't know what it means, but we should find out here in the next two months. That's the goal for MLS to announce this deal. Whatever the money is, I think it's going to be better than what it has been. So any uh, revenue that's incrementally better than it was previously is probably going to be just fine. So I wouldn't worry about it too much if I were y'all. We're going to wrap up this Southern Fried Soccer podcast. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Don't forget that we have a special promo for $2.30 a week. You get unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which includes the Sunday paper and an Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So subscribe now at subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. And tell your significant other that you love them. Make sure y'all are communicating. And that's all for now. See y'all Saturday.
In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.